Welcome, welcome, welcome all back to the Never Punt Podcast. So great, so great to be back, everyone. Thanks for hanging tight. I know we've been um, away for some time, but we are back, and it's been a wild, wild ride over the last few weeks, up and down for both our squads that we've been really going over this last few uh, few years, and our man Dave Richardson joins me this evening. How you doing, Dave? Kurt, feeling good. Um, you know what? The Hawks won their last game. The Cougs won their last game. There's a lot of people that are complaining about a lot of things, but I feel like we need to bring a little bit of gratitude back to these fan bases. We are winning records. Things are going well. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm still still pumped about the season. Still hopeful. I'm not gonna. Let the little yep. things um, rain. Not really necessarily the little things. There are some big things that have been negative. But overall, the teams are still winning a lot of games. Yep. And um, I, I'm going to stay optimistic. I'm still feeling good. And Thanksgiving is almost upon us, yep. which means a lot of food and a lot of football. Kurt, are you going to play a turkey bowl this year? Um, I'm going to try to put something together. Now moving from the, from Marysville to Seattle, it's a little bit different. We always had a good group of guys that played up in the, up in the Ville. So, um, hopefully putting something together this year. That would be really nice. And, yeah, I mean, you would have to probably I, – I think a lot of people maybe agree with this. I would say that Thanksgiving is probably one of the best holidays of the year, maybe. And uh, I think it's because of the two reasons that you mentioned, Dave, football and food. So um, there's really no – there's no comparison. And um, – you know what makes that whole? Because usually, I I really kind of put Thanksgiving that whole weekend. It's a four day deal, right? It's just it's Thursday, maybe even yeah. if you have a half day Wednesday, it's literally you know half day Wednesday through Sunday, right? And you just got that full weekend. You got football Thursday. You got uh, a lot of high college football Friday. Um, you're still chilling with friends on a Black Friday. You got obviously football Saturday and then football Sunday. I mean, it is literally. Um, and especially if you have family in town, Dave, it's, it's just a great hoot of a weekend. And so, um, what I, what will really makes Thanksgiving weekend even better. And, uh, unfortunately we haven't been able to experience this over the last few years, but an apple cup win on a Thanksgiving weekend is one of the best holidays there is of the entire year. So, yeah, yeah. you know, um, but so I think there's now there's what three NFL games on Thursday. I That's mean, correct. Yep. Play, yep. The yep. Cowboys always play, and then I don't know who the the wild card team is this year. But um, our Seahawks just played on a Thursday on a Thursday night game, and uh, Doug Baldwin had some strong words after that game being played. Um, obviously, as as everybody knows now, Richard Sherman ruptured his Achilles. He's out for the year. Doug Baldwin said Thursday night football games should be illegal, which is pretty strong words. Yeah. Um, so I, I read an article, though, I think it was on field goals, talking about how uh, there's not really any more injuries on Thursdays than Sundays, you know, statistically. Right. What do you think? Do you agree with Baldwin? Do you think Thursday night football should be should be illegal? Or do you like it? Well, do you like having that, that extra kind of day in the week to, so, to just focus on the game? Yeah, so, Dave, I think there's really kind of two points to it. And I, I would – you know, the statistics are obviously showing that Football on Thursday, there there actually is not as many penalties, or there's not, um, uh, or or I should say, not as many injuries than there is on Thursday and Sunday. I would have to say the overall 
product of the game on Thursdays is not equal to what you see on Sundays. And and I, I a lot of that has to do with the injuries, but I think it more so has to do with penalties, which just saw a barrage of penalties in that football game on both teams. Um, but obviously I feel like more against the Seahawks and it hurt the Seahawks more so in that game. But I also have to, you know, it's just the more execution of the plays. Like it's just a little sloppy. It's not, um, it's not clean football. And so that I think there's just not enough time for these teams to get the game plan together, um, to get healthy, uh, to play a hundred percent. And so I think you're going to see a, a sort of a diluted product on Thursday. So, yeah, I think that there, there, there is concern with safety because the guys don't have a lot of time to get ready um, to get healthy after the game previously. But um, but I would have to say I think it's more so with just the cleanliness of the game and the more crispiness of the game is um, is not there. So it's really not a lot of fun to watch. That's why. And so I feel like, actually, Dave, I think we've seen this more in the past in the last two years, and this could be a hot take, sure. But I feel like more so the bad teams, the bad teams make the games somewhat interesting um, (laughs) because they're bad and they aren't able to really execute all that well. And so it's, it's really, I think it's kind of like a double negative in a way, for when you have, like, two bad teams playing on Thursday night. The, the two bad teams have been actually really exciting games. Like, there's been a lot of points scored. There's been um, a lot of action done on Thursday nights when you have two bad teams. So, um, I'm totally okay with that, I guess, but they're two bad teams and nobody really want to watch that. Nobody really wants yeah. to watch that in the first place. So, you're, you're kind of stuck with your hand down your pants. So, um, I, I just, I don't know. That's, what, that's how that works. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. If you're Roger Goodell, you got control over the league, in regards to Thursday night football games, would you change anything? Would you keep it as is, and what would you change if, if, if you did? Well, I've always been a, a, an opponent of Thursday nights, for sure. Like, Thursday yeah. nights, like, I, I, it goes back to the point that I just made. One, it's it's not very clean football, so it's not yeah. – it's just not very good for the game right now. It's really interesting if you've uh, if you've been in the um, echo chamber of Twitter and then you've also watched a little bit on TV lately, Dave. Um, you've been seeing sort of this more negative rhetoric around the NFL right now and the and the um, and the product, the product of the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of that could be stemmed to uh, diluting the game, you know, watering it down with a lot of these extra games on Thursday nights. Um, you know, I think it's in, in it and allows the NFL to obviously make more money for their players. But um, I, I think, I think it's not very good. I don't think it's good for the game. I really just yeah. don't. I think the more you can create more of an exclusivity for a product that's very prized, then you create more desire and and demand for the products, right? Yeah. And so when you keep continuing to, you know, match demand and and flood the market with product, then then it becomes really diluted and it doesn't really become as effective. Um, and especially when you're dealing with other guys and their safety and their health, then you have then you're running into other issues there too. So yeah, I think I think uh, I think those are all good points. I, I like that you talked about um, the coaching and scheming before Thursday night game because 
you don't have a lot of time to prepare. And I, I think that's an, an underrated point. I mean, people usually just say that guys are, you know, they're not right. prepared their bodies. And that's why you get because they still the get their one day off. Like they still have to get their day off right. that week prior. So they really, if they play on that Sunday, they're realistically getting two days to prep for the next game. Short. Yeah. You know, I, I think if I were Roger Goodell, I would get rid of Thursday night football, um, except for what we just talked about. And I, you probably would agree with oh, me. Thanksgiving, yeah. Holiday. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. I would just go back to having just the Cowboys and the Lions. I don't think we need another wild card, you know, NFL Network um, game. Because you know what? There's an aspect around Thanksgiving that, um, I, I mean, I don't mean to get – outside the football world too much here but thanksgiving it's about time you know with with family and if there's a tv on 24 7 it kind of hinders it i mean it's fun when it's like all right let's watch the game together whatever may happen the seahawks have even played on thanksgiving which has been fun but for the most part i think it's nice to have that break where you're not watching football all day long in the sense there's time to turn the tv off eat food and actually talk i think that's healthy for american families and i feel that way also with thursday night games now where you know, if you're really into football, then you then your Thursday night's booked, you're watching games, mm-hmm. and then your Saturday's booked because you're watching college football games, and your Sunday's booked, you're watching NFL games, and your Monday's booked, you're watching Monday night football games. Mm-hmm. That's just too much. Right. You know, I think it's easy to uh, – kind of like what we talked about, the ex- or what you just pointed out, the exclusivity part of it, when you can make it a little bit, um, I guess, you know, less is more in some ways. Um, and so I would remove it for that reason as well. Um, and I think – what you also get is you get so many players complaining about it, just like Doug Baldwin did, that it hurts our view, the public's view of Thursday night football games. And that hurts the view of, of the NFL in general. You know, if people are like, well, all the league cares about is money. They don't care about safety and my team lost on Thursday night. So I'm extra frustrated or a major player got hurt. a la Richard Sherman. Then right. overall, even if the statistics show that it's not necessarily that way, if if the players are all um, poo-pooing it like that, then the fans fall in step, and if the fans don't like it, it hurts. It hurts the NFL a little bit. So, I would get rid of it, except for Thanksgiving. I think, yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Um, obviously, I just mentioned this huge loss. Um, a guy who never misses games for us, a leader on our defense, one of those competitive, fiery, outspoken, and arguably the best corner in, in football, Richard Sherman, um, is, is done now for the year. So a win is a win, all right? There was frustrating parts about that game. I felt like we really could have done a lot more. The run game still isn't there. We lose Sherman, but Lane is now starting again because that trade fell through with, with him and, and the Texans. has actually worked out in our favor having Jeremy Lane back. Yeah. We signed Byron Maxwell, who Miami released – Deshaun Shedd should be um, coming off IR here in the next couple of weeks, it sounds like. What are your realistic expectations for the Seahawks team um, now that we've lost Sherman and we know more about this team? It's not, like I said, a good ranked team, but it's still 6-3. and three. It should be 7-2 and two with that Washington game. How mm-hmm. are you feeling? And, and maybe give me just a, a prediction. How do you think the season's going to end for this team now? You know, maybe it's just because I'm an uh, – I'm an optimistic person that I think obviously we're going to find out how good Chris Richard is and we're going to find out, you know, how much influence Pete Carroll has in the defense. You know, Pete Carroll's a defensive minded coach, right? And, 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 and Chris Richard has been here for a couple of years. He's been in the system for a long time. 
Um, and I think he's really he's going to be really tested on his creativity and his scheming on defense to um, you know to get this team to where they need to be. Because now, because he's been really relying on sheer talent. Like that team has been one of the most talented defenses in all of football for a couple years now, right? And so he's been dealing with some incredible talent that's been pretty much bringing Seattle as one of the top defenses in the NFL. Now you're going to be obviously without Richard like you brought up. You could potentially be out be without um, Cam Chancellor. You have Earl, Earl's banged up. Um, defensive line is has a lot of depth, but also a little banged up, and so um, you're missing Cliff Averill. So I think there's a there's a there's going to be an interesting task and a test for Chris Richard moving forward for the rest of this season and seeing how he can scheme. Now, now to answer your question, Dave, I I think I think Seattle's defense is still going to be one of the top defenses in the league because there's one thing and this is going to be this is going to be a lot different. I think there's going to be a lot of emphasis from Chris Richard and um, Pete Carroll on this defensive line. This defense has been built so much around that secondary in the Legion of Boom, but now you look at that defensive line, Dave, and the depth that there that there's it's probably one of the best defensive lines. I think it is the one the, the best defensive line in and the NFL right now. And it is probably the best defensive line that Pete Carroll has probably had maybe since 2013, maybe in his entire career here at Seattle. And so really what Seattle's been dealing with has been, you know, creating a little bit of havoc in the backfield, forcing um, quarterbacks to make quicker decisions and getting the ball out quicker and, and, and creating some havoc, um, which also creates turnovers and allows the secondary to really, uh, eat up a lot of what the mistakes, the offensive brings. But I think a lot of it has been on the secondary to really make this team thrive. I think we're seeing changing of the guard here. And I think we're going to see this defensive line step up and create all sorts of havoc for offensive teams moving forward that's going to help the secondary that may be a little banged up right now. I mean, obviously this is more hopeful because we haven't really seen um, an all-world defensive effort up front, but the, the depth and the talent is there, and I think they're going to be taking a hard look at how they can scheme better to allow their defensive line to really dominate games because that's where the strength is right now. Like the strength of this defense yeah. is the front seven for sure. Your 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 defensive line and your linebackers. So how are you going to utilize that to still become one of the best defensive teams in the country in the in the NFL? Because you do have the talent to make that happen. You're, you're going to have Byron Maxwell now that you brought in. Is he, he going to be good? I think he, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's yeah. going to he's going I think he's going to be a step up from Jeremy Lane. I think he's going to be better than Jeremy Lane. So I think so. Well, I think so. On the outside. Yeah, I mean you're going to put put him on the outside. Well. I think I think he's he, he obviously he's not Richard Sherman, but I think he's going to get the job done. He's going to get the job done. Um, he's not going to shut down the entire right side of the field, but he's going to get the job done. Yeah. Um, you still have Earl Thomas, the eraser over the top, to help out. 
Thankfully, um, he's coming back. We need him. Yeah, we we need... Can't, well, I'd be real worried if we didn't have Sherman yeah. or Earl for yeah, the Falcons. That'd be bad, and obviously it'd be great to have Cam back. So having Cam back would be a huge, huge win for the defense as well. So if you're really only missing Richard Sherman out of that out of that bunch, it's not – it's not that big of a – it's not season-ending. That's not a season-ending injury for the Seahawks. So right. – um, So where, do, where does this Seahawks season end? Right now, what yeah, are your expectations? I mean, I think I, I, a lot – there's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot of variables on what could happen, but I think my, my answer to that really depends on on one thing or two things, I would say. One is obviously health. And two, where does Seattle end up in the NFC at the end of the season in in terms of seeding? If Seattle gets the one or two seed in the NFC, they're um, not getting the one seed. I mean, that's not out of the that's not out of the question, Dave. It's not out of the question, but I do. do you, With three I, losses, my realist realistic expectation right oh. now is to not get that. That is an absolute best case scenario. Oh, obviously it's a best case scenario. Yeah. But but right now you look at Los Angeles, the Rams. The Rams have had a cupcake schedule. Now they're getting into the teeth of their schedule. So right. the Rams are going to lose a few games along the way, and you play them again. So well, I don't have, think the Rams are winning our division. I think we are. Yeah, we're going to win the division. That's not yeah. a problem. New Orleans, they're also going into the teeth of their schedule. I think that. They're going to drop a few along the way as well. Um, you know, Ours isn't that easy either. Falcons are not a bad team. No, the I'm Eagles not, are a great team. Totally. The Jags on the road are going to be a tough team. That's I think. going to be a and tough game. Cowboys, I'm marking that one up as a loss now. Really? I It's Ezekiel Elliott's first game back. Yeah, in could in be. Dallas, and we've had surprising a bit of trouble with some running backs this yeah, year. Yeah, we could be. Uh, we could be. I think Dak is – I. I think Dak's amazing. Okay, I, well, well, I well, to I answer like Tony's job, but I like him. Yeah, well, to, to answer your question, Dave, yeah, it really comes down to home field advantage. If the Seattle Seahawks are able to get at least a two seed, so they have home field advantage all the way up until the NFC Championship game, I think they could still make the NFC Championship game. I think this is a still a this offense is is you're beginning to see glimpses of this offense the last few weeks, even though Thursday night. It was a little bit of a, a drudger. Um, it was more of a grind fest, and that's typically how it how it goes with with a divisional game on the road. And I think and a Thursday night, we already talked about the issues there. Um, I think this this offense is really going to be um, clicking. It's 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 literally about the burst. Um, I think this offense is going to get going, and it's really going to come down to our defense um, being able to keep it together. So I think so, okay. So where do you think it ends? Do you think it ends in the NFC Championship game? I'm not going to hold you to this at the end of the year. This is a point that can move. I just want to know your thoughts. Right NFC now. Championship game. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that's where it ends. I've been going back and forth um, with how this season ends. I'm somewhere between ten and six, eleven and five. The Seahawks, in some years, have a tendency to somehow turn it on at the end of the year. And things look awesome. And that might still happen. I hope it does. And I hope my opinion changes. But so far, I feel like we kind of are what we are. We're a team that will have lapses on defense, but we'll have amazing moments and games when we piece it together. And we're a team that will only go as far as Russell Wilson takes us. Our running game is very, very bad. It's the worst running game that I can remember in the Pete Carroll era. I mean, I'm trying to remember what it was yeah, like. Yeah, that's, that's bad. That's bad. 
we had Justin Forsett, but I feel like I would rather have that right now than what we have with Lacey and Rawls. And I am excited about Mike Davis, um, who I know a lot of people in the Twitter Twitter sphere um, have been hankering for. He's kind of had that backup quarterback celebrity kind of ishness to him where he's a guy that's been on the practice squad that looked good in preseason. Everyone thinks he'll be a savior, but I really did like how he moved um, in the preseason. He was a little lightning bug. Um, he caught the ball really well and he seemed to provide bursts similar to J- how JD McKissick has. Um, so maybe he is our, our last hope there. I don't see where else it comes from uh, and the running game. And so I think that's going to come back to bite us eventually. And admittedly, even though Walsh, was perfect last game against Arizona. I still don't feel great about him in the playoffs. So I see us 10-6, 11-5. see the running game hurting us. Um, I, I think Russell is is amazing. I mean, he he should be in talk for MVP. I don't I don't really think he's going to win MVP. That would be obviously um, I'd be a stack if he did. Um, he has the narrative for it. I think right now with the mm-hmm. struggle O line and run game, but um, he's making the stats happen. Um, and I I see us. I see us losing to um, either the Saints or the Eagles would be where I think it would end right now. Um, if we match up with them, if we don't meet any of them till the NFC Championship game, then that's where it ends. If we, if we meet up with them the round prior, then I think we'd lose. Right now in the NFC, the standings are Eagles 8-1. and one. They look really balanced. Um, their D-line crushes the run. Um, Jay Ajay has worked well for them. They plug and play him and they've been running well. Even Blunt wasn't so bad, who I didn't think was a great signing, but he's turned out to be really good. The Vikings God, are the Dave, next. Who have they beat? Who have they played? Who, the Eagles or the Vikings? The Eagles. The Eagles have beat everyone they played except for one the team. The Chiefs. I mean, it's like, okay, they beat the Redskins twice. Redskins aren't that great, but we pl- we had, what, 16 penalties in that game? Which they is also broke amount. Denver's defense. When they Denver did. was coming they, in as a did. very good defense, they scored a ton of points against. They scored 51 points against the Broncos. I mean, they have so coming up here, Dave. They have, they have. Um, they beat the Panthers. They have Cowboys, Seahawks, Rams, Raiders, Cowboys again. I mean, they have their their ta- their back half of the schedules. Tough it's, as well. It's okay. Their schedule overall has pretty not weak. been that difficult. I will give you that. But when you watch their games, they're dominating. They're they look dominating. a lot more complete than we they do. Look like the, they, they look like a thirteen, you know, two thousand thirteen Seattle Seahawks. Maybe their defense, I, maybe not yeah. quite that good, but they're good. Yeah, I mean, their secondary stepped up a lot more than I thought it would. I don't see how they don't get the number one seed in the NFC. Honestly, with that schedule overall not being crazy tough, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the Seahawks will probably be maybe their toughest game left that they have. Um, and yeah, I mean the Cowboys once without Zeke, but they have, they haven't shown me anything to not believe in them. I right. guess, um, their wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar has made a huge stunt or jump this year. Um, Zach Ertz has been arguably the best tight end in football. I mean, I like Kelsey. I'm obviously, I'm a, I'm a Kelsey big time Travis Kelsey fan, but overall, I, I think the Eagles would beat us. They just feel more balanced. And I think the Saints would beat us. They feel more balanced. The Saints ran an, something like 24 straight times in their last game and scored like five rushing touchdowns, something unreal. Their defense is playing really well. They've got a rookie corner that's playing out of his mind and Marshawn Lattimore, Cameron Jordan's playing really well. Drew Brees, in whatever offense he's going to be in with Sean Payton, is going to get the job done. Yep. It's just a matter of their defense. Those two teams worry me. So right now the standings though have the Vikings in between them at second. Then it's I the don't know about the Rams, that. Then it's the Panthers. That's just what the NFC standings are right now, not right. my rankings. Right. I would go Eagles, Saints, and then for me, 
I'm not as worried about seeing the Rams, Panthers, or Vikings in the playoffs. I would right. take all those teams before the Eagles and Saints. So I'd go Eagles, Saints, Seahawks. Then I'd probably go Panthers because I like their experience. Vikings. I just don't – I mean, actually, I don't – man, I feel so torn between the Vikings. I don't know what they are because they have great receivers. Case Keenum's making it happen, which is weird, and they do have a very good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to rank – I don't want to disrespect them, I guess. I'm not – trying to but i just they're haven't gonna seen win them the, do they're the gonna win that division yet. too so i would finish that with vikings and then rams personally so i'd go eagles saints seahawks panthers um vikings and then rams would be my nfc rankings right now yeah um, but they're, what, see, what do you think though we'll i mean see you clearly had some thoughts on well, what i was talking about yeah on but how I, maybe you'd rank the nfc or how you think it'll finish well the vacant the vikings i mean i'm looking at the back half of the schedules right now yeah. for <laughs> these teams that we're in contention with right now. And um, obviously we talked about the Rams. The Rams back half of the schedule gets tough, gets real tough. But when you look at Philadelphia, New Orleans, and Minnesota, I mean, Philadelphia, who, what they have coming up left, they have a they have the toughest remaining schedule out of really the rest of what's in contention right now. Because yeah. um, they have the Cowboys, they have the Seahawks, they have the Rams, they have the Raiders. And then they have the Cowboys once again. That's that's oh, not that's, Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders aren't that great, but they can surprise you. They have certainly the tools to 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 come up and bite you in the butt. Yeah. And so, you know, I think they really have one of the tougher schedules to the remaining left. Um, New Orleans Saints. I mean, what do you think of the Redskins? Like the Redskins are going to be a 500 team this year. Uh, the Saints also have the Rams, Panthers, Falcons aren't as great this year. The Jets. Ugh. Buccaneers, ugh, you know, the Falcons two more times. Falcons are probably going to end up being a 500 team this year at best. Um, it's just not looking very difficult for the Saints to really, you know, put string together a lot more wins. And the same goes for the Vikings. The Vikings have a little bit of a of a tough schedule, um, but it's it's not that it's not as tough anymore because the Packers don't have, you know, Aaron Rodgers anymore. So um, you know, they have the Packers, the Bears, the Bengals, ugh, you know, the Pat the Panthers, they're okay this year. They're not all world couple like a couple years ago, but they're still a tough team to face. And you have the Lions and Rams. So, you know, I'm looking at some of these schedules right now and I'm only seeing about one or two losses left on the rest of them, you know, and so when they're already sitting at two losses on the year except the Eagles, you know, twelve and four is the mark, right? Yeah. So twelve and four is the mark, um, and you're not going to be able to. You're not be. You're not going to face. Um, you're not going to face the Vikings. So unfortunately, you're not going to have any head heads over those over those folks. So it'd be interesting to see how the tiebreakers play out if you're all to end up at twelve and four. Is that what I mean? Is that what you think? You think they're going to end up? I think I think Seattle's going to end up twelve and four. I think Minnesota is going to end up twelve and four. I think New Orleans could. Look, you know, looking at their schedule, their their schedule's kind of weak sauce. Um, I could see the Saints sitting at thirteen and three. Could I like the Saints, man? And they the could Saints, sit at, sit at thirteen and three. But the Eagles, I think that with the deal with the Eagles, though, Eagles are going to drop a few games. I'm not quite as sold on the Eagles yet. Who are they going to drop to? Who are they going to lose to? I think they. Well, I think the Seahawks are going to beat them at home. Or uh, yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to beat them at home. Okay. Um, so there's a loss there. I think they're. I think they could lose to the Rams on the road on the West Coast again. Um, and then they play at the Cowboys. 
a divisional game on the road. You know, so, uh, you know, there's there's a couple opportunities there to get bit in the butt. So, That's 12-4, and four, but I think, I mean, I think they. But the Seahawks would have the head-to-head over them, right? So split a game, yeah. I don't, I don't. If we would have the head-to-head, obviously, if we both finished twelve and four, but I'd see them splitting a game with the Cowboys and losing to the Seahawks, and that's about it. And going thirteen and three. Yeah. I I don't know where the Saints defense has come from. Though. Yeah, it's, I'm imp- it's pretty I'm, wild. I did not see them. They haven't been a good defense team in quite a while, and they've been shutting some teams down. Um, yeah, Lattimore's but, God, but again, like look at this. Like their last four games, Packers. No Aaron Rodgers, the Bears, Trubisky, Pooh, Buccaneers, uh, Jameis Winston out, and the Bills sat their starting quarterback. Uh, that's pretty bad. I mean, it's like they they literally have faced backup quarterbacks for the last four weeks in a row. I mean, it's yeah. like come on, and two of them, two of them were at home. Well, they shut down the Bills. They, they actually made Tyrod Taylor get benched. True. But Tyrod Taylor has not been very good this season. Tyrod has not been great this season. He's not been he's not been good this season. He's I mean, not he's, been good. He's he's not that good of a quarterback in general. No. But they still did exactly what they needed to do and then some. And it's the Saints defense. I mean, could you name more than two defensive players on the Saints no, defense? No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I, w- I wouldn't try oh, to. I wouldn't dare. It's not supposed to be a good defensive team. No, I, I mean, wouldn't. I wouldn't dare to do that. But then you look at the two really. If you look at the offenses that they've, the, the, I would say that they've really shut down one offense that has that has potential of of exploding. And that's the Panthers. They played the Panthers once. Third week of the season, they only gave up 13 points to them. They, they essentially blew them out 34-13. They gave up 36 to the Patriots, and they gave up 30 to the Vikings. You so, only need an average defense with that offense, I think. I, I agree, because they're, they're also putting up points. Uh, they're yeah, putting up a lot of points. You have to be that good. If you're above average defense and you've got Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and Drew Brees and whatever receiver he wants to throw to – that defense, I mean, that offense is going to put up 30 points a game. So yeah. if the defense can hold them beneath that, you got a better than 50 50 chance but of winning. You know what? I could totally see this being a trip up game this weekend. I have the Redskins covering this weekend over the Saints. I've always liked Kirk Cousins. I, I There's a lot of hate in the Kirk Cousins world. And, you know, he only came into Seattle and did work. So, um, yeah, it worked against us. I, I think he's a, he's a pretty smart quarterback. I don't know what the Redskins are thinking. Maybe letting him go, but I don't Kurt, know. we got to move forward. Yeah, we do. We do. I don't want to get bogged down in the mushiness of what might happen or may not happen. In yeah, the future. we talk a lot, a lot about that's not Seahawk related, but oh, yeah. uh, that's all right. That's yeah, going to take a little break once in a while. Yeah. We got a primetime football game, baby. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good. Rematch, rematch of last year. Um, Monday night. The Seahawks and the Falcons, we get a relive. We were maybe going to get a relive. We don't now. Was it a pass interference? Was it a good play to Richard Sherman on Julio Jones at the end of right. the game last year? No Richard Sherman this year. Right. Falcons overall, I think there's something like 6-4, and 5-4. and four. I think they're 5-4. and four. Right. Um, they're just beneath the Seahawks in NFC rankings. Um, I think Matt Ryan is a little bit better season than some people think because people are talking like to him like he's washed up or something. That's not really the case. No. Um, just real quick, I don't want to get into it too much. I want to get your prediction. Then I want to talk some Cougar football. What do you think is going to happen Monday night? I think I think the Seahawks just dominate in the spotlight in national primetime games. This is their time to dominate when the, all the spotlights are on them. 
during the yeah. during the regular season. I'll say this: during the regular season, how many times have you seen them play in prime time football time slot, um, and and seen them not dominate? We're like something like six so, two and one in prime time. Yeah, I mean they we 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 dominate when it comes to Monday night, especially when it, Monday night football. I think we're like I think we, I think games have been snooze fest on Monday night football. Um, when the Seahawks wow. play Monday night, crushed the Niners back in the day on Monday night football a few times, which was pretty wonderful. Yeah, so, so um, I think uh, we, are we going to smash them? No, but I think this is a, um, I think this is definitely a winnable game for us. This is certainly a, a game that we should be able to walk out with a win. Uh, Atlanta's five and four. They've lost to some teams that aren't very good. They lost to the stinking Dolphins. They lost to the Bills. Um, they lost to the Panthers. Not a bad team. Um, but they did um, they did some good work against a Packers team that did have Aaron Rodgers and outscored them and um, and they and they they handled the Cowboys with uh, without Z- Ezekiel Elliott but they handled them. So I think Claiborne had a monster game. Yeah, it was insane. And we've got no Dwayne Brown. It sounds like. Yeah, well, is that official yet? I don't know if it's official, but it didn't sound promising. Yeah, the last thing I, I know he's dealing with an ankle injury, so we you know hopefully he gets back. But we um, need him. Yeah, we need him bad. We need him. So we need him bad. bad. I think the offense. I think we're gonna win this game by seven. I think it's gonna be a touchdown Woo! game. It's gonna be a close one, Dave. We're gonna win it, but we're we're gonna win a close one here. And I don't think it's actually gonna be quite as high scoring. Like I think it's gonna be somewhere in like, you know, the twenty-ish points range. So right. you know, over yeah. you know the cover the over under is probably gonna be somewhere right around like, I don't know, forty-three. You know, somewhere in there. I think you're 43, 44. Actually, you know what, Kurt? I just pulled that up. I think the over under opened at 45. Yeah, so I'm not too far off. So I think it's yeah, gonna be. Yeah. It's not gonna be in the 30s. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be like a Texans game, you know, sort of a shootout. Um, but it's gonna be a close one in somewhere in the 20s. All like right. A, like a like a 20, like a I don't know, a 24, 17 or somewhere in there. All right. Well, you know what? We're pretty close in our predictions, Kurt. Um, here's what's just grinding my gears is Pete Carroll coming out and saying, Eddie Lacy's got to get more carries. Oh, I haven't given gosh. him enough. We're going to run, run the <laughs> heck out of the ball this week. Why? Why do we have to talk like this? Why do we have to talk like we won't change our philosophy even when we don't have the right personnel? Okay, right. I get it, Pete. I loved it when we were running team with Marshawn Lynch. I loved – uh, what we had going on there with the play action, the deep ball. Okay, but this is Russell Wilson's team. We should be a pass-first team now. And I believe in the run, and I think that's vital for a deep playoff run. That's why I'm concerned about, you know, our, our playoff chances now in the sense of what might happen once we get there. Um, so I feel like the offense is going to maybe stutter a little bit because of that. I, I want us to hear – I want Pete and Bevel talking about how awesome Russell is and how we're going to get him – um, some more flexibility and freedom of things he wants to do, run some more hurry up, run some more empty, whatever it is. He seems to play great in those scenarios. I've got uh, Seahawks scoring the same amount. I got 24. I think it'll be a little bit lower because, again, they just stubbornly want to run the ball, and Lacey is no good. Hopefully Mike Davis um, is is the, our kind of savior there. And I got a real tight game here, Kurt. Yeah. It's prime time, baby. I think we're in for a good one. I got 24-23. Oh, baby. That's Seahawks. awesome. That's um, awesome. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, Monday night. Monday night football, yeah. yeah it's just been a downer. It's just such a good atmosphere. Honestly, Dave, though, but if you look back on it, you know I had mentioned that uh, 
Seattle's really dominated in in primetime games. I, yeah. I think I should really clarify that up a little bit more and just say I shouldn't say dominating, but electrify. Uh, <laughs> I would say I would say that I would. It is a guarantee. I feel like I don't know. The last few years, you put Seattle in a primetime game. Yeah. They've been guaranteed a good game. Like it's been guaranteed a really, really good game. And um, you know, some of them have been some of them have been blowouts, but uh, but I think in primetime games, they've given all these networks a money. You know, their money's worth for sure. Yeah. Oh, just um, the interviews alone after the games, right? I mean, eating the turkey dinner on the Niners logo. Right. I mean. Just there's a bunch a bunch of fun moments I feel like um, of things that happened. The, the tie against Arizona obviously wasn't not the that was Sunday night football I believe um, was was not the best. With the tie, yeah, that was Sunday night football. Yeah, that was that was not so good. But I like it, Kurt. Electric. It's gonna be a good atmosphere. And you know what? Yeah, the Seahawks be. are gonna feel a little backs against the wall in some senses. I think people are starting to count the Seahawks out with the injuries, just like we talked about. Obviously, I feel it, and that's honest. I mean. I allow us freedom that hopefully they'll turn it around, but I kind of like that mentality that they, they seem to do well when mm-hmm. it's, you know, us against the world kind of, kind of mentality where we lost, right. you know, a stud in our defense, people are counting us out. Let's go prove them wrong. So I'm looking forward to that. Kurt, we don't have a Cougar football game to look forward to. It's no. the bye week. Yeah. Time to get healthy, baby. It's time to get healthy. Time to get dots and all rested up. We yep. got two weeks for hate week. Um, before we play the Huskies, not on Black Friday, but I don't want to talk about the future quite yet. I want to talk about what just happened. Kurt, I got great news for you if you haven't heard it. <laughs> okay, the Cougs are 9-2 and two for the first time in how many years? 14 years. That's all the time. I was a Cougar fan, and I don't remember what that was like. College football playoff rankings came out. We were even higher than the coaches' poll, and the AP poll were 14 in the nation. How awesome is that? We're now ahead um, even farther ahead of the Huskies. Um, they're, I think, 18 now. And guess what? We won a road game late in the year against a good opponent in Utah yep. in the sense that a lot of people, it was 50-50, college game day on the picks, going with the Cougs or Utah. Utah always has talent. They never seem to have a ton of offensive talent for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really, really evident um, in this last game. And I got more news good. Good news for you, Kurt. Hercules Mataafa is amazing. He had eight total tackles that led the team in tackles. Let's see how many. Five of them were for tackles for loss, and three of them were sacks, and one of them was a forced fumble that he recovered himself. We also had four interceptions in this game. The defense played lights out. We won the game. Luke made the plays that needed to be made to win the game. Obviously, there's some frustrations there, but it's – frustrating me Kurt mm-hmm. not as much as what I'm seeing on the field because there's parts that are very much so frustrating I agree with some of the, the the fans frustrations but how toxic our fan base has become in the sense that we were a team that lost and lost and lost and lost and lost last year we had a, a pretty darn good year didn't end like we wanted but it was a pretty darn good year and now we're going into this game we're eight and two and everyone is pooping all over that mm-hmm. all over Luke Falk and this result, Luke Falk's broken. We're going to lose this game. We're passing a ball too much. Oh, we can't figure it out. We're going to we're gonna choke it away. We're going to cook it. Whatever it is, drive me absolutely nuts. Kurt, you and I heard the most ridiculous statement of all. 
Hmm. We were at a wedding in Spokane, and one of our friends said, I missed the Paul Wolf days because it was less stressful then. Because there was no expectation, and you knew you were just going to lose most games. There's no pressure. Well, we threw, most- we threw them out in the snow, so we took care of that. Absurd thing I've heard, but that seems to be a sentiment among the fan base where it's almost like before it was just apathetic. Always committed, always followed, even even through the apathetic times. In the sense, I mean, right. that's a little bit of an oxymoron. I would say like we had more of a defeatist mentality than apathetic, okay? Because we still stayed true to, to being fans. But now that we're competitive, it's like we think we should be crushing all these teams all the time, and it's just we're just not there yet. Um, so I do have some frustrations with how that game went. Okay, we passed the ball 69 freaking times when it wasn't really working. They passed the ball 30 less times and had something like five less passing yards. Right. Okay, so that's annoying. We had tons of turnovers we could have capitalized on and won the game. But there's a lack of gratitude right now in our fan base. So let me ask you this, Dave. Would you say that – would you say that the offense didn't take full advantage of all the opportunities? Yes. So would you say that it's not really – It was it, the game should not have been as close as it should have been? The game should not have been as close as it should have been. I agree. Right. I, would, I would agree with your sentiment that we should be more grateful for where we're at right now. Obviously, 9-2 and two is incredible. 14 in the nation. I, it is incredible. We're playing for the Pac-12 it, 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 North it Championship good. next game. But I think what you have to look forward to is next week. The next <laughs> week is what – really matters dave and i'm 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 leaning more towards the sediment of we need to play much better if we want to win this conference like that's this offense needs to play better if we want to win the conference i'm i'm super excited and happy and i'm not gonna poo-poo the win that we had at utah that's a tough tough win but if you're looking forward what you've seen from the offense doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence of winning the conference because the next two games you're going to have, you're going to need all hands on deck, and it's <laughs> and, or it's going to be bad. It's going to be real bad on Montlake. It might be bad no matter what. I, I honest. Well, we'll we'll get we'll save my prediction for next week. We'll just do that. We'll we'll save our outlook for the Washington game. Next week, we won't get too much into the Apple Cup. We'll try to get the game or our podcast in early next week um, before all the holidays. But uh, I want to really, really want to see this offense get on the right track, and we just haven't seen it yet this year, Dave. And I think the problem is – sorry for cutting you off, but I no, I wanted – I want – we, the the issue really came from that Arizona game. There was a lot of issues that came from that Arizona game. Okay, one was obviously the offense didn't play well to start. The defense didn't play well. You know, we got our doors blow, sort of blown off, right? And what what the problem was? What happened in in Tucson was the offense was anemic. Like, just was not. Just Luke. Luke was not running the offense the way it should have been. And then what happened was he got benched and you bring in Tyler Helinski and you saw that offense all of a sudden get the spark that has been missing all year. It had been missing and you saw the offense just churn yards. I mean, the dude, Connor, or uh, um, not Connor, Tyler Helinski 
had almost what was it four hundred yards, and uh, or, yeah, it was like over four hundred yards in. It was almost th- five hundred. It was almost five hundred yards in three quarters. Yeah. Like, but turnovers. Yeah, the turnovers. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna have that same problem. In the Apple Cup. We saw a backup quarterback totally, in, the totally. in Seattle once before. Do you that, know how bad that was? Here, here's my point. My point is, my point is, Dave, is that it wasn't all of a sudden the receivers started to get open for Tyler Holensky when he was in there. Like, it, it just wasn't like they were just magically getting open and we, the offense could magically start moving again, right? So there is an issue with Luke running the offense right now. It is not running. We saw what it can do in Tucson. And that is, I think that is the problem within the fan base right now is that they're aggravated that this offense can execute to the level that we've seen over the last few years. And so we've seen Luke thrash teams, thrash them the last three years. And and we just have not seen him take them by their throats and finish them well, this season. Well, he crushed Oregon State this year, but that's not saying much. Yeah, yeah, that's not saying a whole lot. So I'm just saying, Dave, I understand. I am grateful. I am excited. This is the best Cougar football season wow. I've ever seen. You're one of the fan. good ones, Kurt. But I am nervous. I will say that I am nervous, and I'll say my predictions – but I am nervous moving forward for these last, but hopefully two games. Obviously, you're going to play two more games. Whether that's uh, you're, you're you're essentially guaranteed two more games. You got the bowl game and you got the Apple Cup. Hopefully, you have three. Um. So, but at least for the next two, I'm nervous. Well, so. that's I think that's that's definitely fair. There's there, but what's frustrating me that I think even more than Luke's. Um, inability to push the ball down the field consistently would be the lack of a run game. Oh, you know, yeah, one of my predictions that... this year, Kurt, was we're going into a year where we've got a senior quarterback, which should be which should help these newer fresh or, or these newer wide receivers, not all freshmen, but we've got a, a, a pretty um, you know upperclassman level offensive line and running backs that are very skilled. Yep. So let's run the ball a bunch this year to take maybe some pressure off of those wide receivers. I was hoping for a little bit more balance. I mean, obviously it's never gonna be 50-50. This is the air raid. It's really not the ground raid. All right, they're they're gonna get their opportunities to touch the ball and make plays, but we're not gonna run it um, a ton. But it was just so obvious that passing wasn't getting the job done. That Luke wasn't really. Um, firing on all cylinders. At times, he had a great drive in the fourth quarter um, that needed to happen. We had to score in the fourth quarter to really get up two scores, and he did it. He got it when we needed it, so I'm happy about that. Yep. Um, but I don't understand why we're not running Jamal Morrow and Booby Williams more. And you know what? When they ran the ball against Utah, they were getting seven yards a carry, it seemed like. It seemed like they would hand it off, and things would go really well. And I was frustrated with, okay, this is working. Some gosh, one poor soul must have calluses on his fingers and thumbs from literally tweeting. I think every thirty seconds, I was follow him on the Never Punt podcast, and he tweeted literally at everybody that would listen, and just yeah, in, re- in response, just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. He was losing his mind, which huh. you know, that's the expectation you're going to have with with a Mike Leach team. You're going to be in trouble, but just a little bit more. It was it was working. It helps take pressure off Falk. 
And I don't know if this is – I mean, they, the announcers always talk about how, well, you know, Luke's got the keys to the run game. He's the one that checks into it. Maybe you need to pull the reins back there a little bit. Maybe it's not benching him necessarily, but it's being a little bit f- more forceful with, hey, this is a run play, Luke, we're running it. Um, or to, to, to show – you know, to tell him to audible into a run play if he's not going to. Because, um, yeah, I think that all – you know, that – Husky defense is very good. I give a lot of respect to it. And any weaknesses you have offensively, they seem to make 10 times worse. Um, And so I'm worried about that. Um, But the narrative leaving this game or the taste in everybody's mouth was, even though that we won, it was this kind of this this bad taste that we should have won by a lot more. So it feels like a loss. And we're going to talk this week about how, you know, Luke doesn't really have it and we can't figure it out instead of us being 14 in the nation, nine and two and playing for the Pac-12 North. So I just, I wish in context with what Cougar football has been the last 14 years since we've been here, that there would be just more, I guess, happiness than, um, than complaints, but it is enough is never enough. It's not unwarranted. I just wish the balance was a little bit different. Right. Enough is never enough though, Dave. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough. Um, Kurt, maybe enough of this year's schedule. Yeah. Next year's schedule came out. Mm-hmm. Um, some good things. Seven home games. Again, some bad things. We are playing the oh, Apple Cup on Dang Black it. Friday again. It's um, unbelievable. This schedule is released. What do you think? What are your What are your initial thoughts? Uh, the Apple Cup ruins the whole thing. It just <laughs> ruins the whole thing again. Like it oh, just. Come on. I can't find any positive. I can't look past that and see any positives in this whole thing what once the again. Bye week. I know the bye week. Yeah, the bye week's good. I wish the bye week was like two weeks later. Um, we're gonna play. Um, let's see. You, know, you play USC play on the road on a Friday night. Get Arizona at home. They're gonna be a very tough team. Why two Friday uh, nights? Why two Friday nights? Why are we the team that plays Friday nights? Two Friday nights. Is it's incredible. Who we get Oregon at home. I think that might be another win. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's good. Um, Utah at home's good because I think they're going to be tough again next year. Revenge on California. You know, if you look at the schedule, Dave, it's um, you know, you're going to have Arizona Tate. Um, you know, that's going to be a good game. Apple Cup um, at home too. Yeah, so we end on two home games instead of two away. Games. That's huge. Uh, that's that's certainly a big time for us. Um, but unfortunately. But the unfortunate part is like we got the double wham we the double whammy at the end of the season. So yeah, we get the two home games at uh, at home at the end of the season, Dave. But of course, the Arizona games on that the Saturday that nobody goes to because the week, it's Thanksgiving week, and and then you also have the Apple Cup on Black Friday. So it's kind of like, yeah, we get to end the end of the season on two home games. But it's like those two home games that are just like. No, here's the leftovers of what we have left in the schedule for you. So here you go. Like, it just feels like we're getting the scraps there. Like, I, you know what I would love to have? Flip those. Like, have the app or have the Arizona game on the Friday night. Have the Arizona game on the Friday night and the Apple Cup on that Saturday. So yeah. that's what I would I would prefer. So it's not a bad schedule. It's not bad. The nice thing is, is you don't have you don't have multiple games. You don't want back to back games on the road. So that's crucial. Um, yes. Let's, oh, hold on. Real quick, to all of our listeners out there who maybe don't have it in front of them, yeah. I'll very quickly would just like to read through the schedule. Is that cool? Yeah. 
Okay, so we start off at Wyoming in Laramie. Not so exciting. Uh, Wyoming will lose their quarterback to the NFL. Should be a win. Then at, we go home for next two games, San Jose State and Eastern. I'd like to think those are wins. Clearly we've had trouble with the FCS in the past. We'll figure that out. We go to L.A. early on for USC. We're going to that, by the way, Dave. We're going. We are going to go to that game, which we're, is going to be We're going to L.A. I'm not so opposed to that. The silver lining here is sometimes USC really turns it on late once they figure it all out. Uh, we've had luck playing them in the Coliseum early, mm-hmm. and that's how we got uh, Lane Kiffin fired. But that the, here, um, here's the difference with – I know you're going to run through this, but the difference yeah. between that being a Friday night game, the huge difference there is that we're at home the week before. It's been the big, big point this year is about playing Friday nights on the road prior to that. Um, yep. Coming off of a uh, off of of a road game, we're coming off a game against Eastern. Hopefully, Eastern doesn't beat us up too much, and uh, you know, we then we go down to LA to kick off Pac-12 conference schedule. So yes, on a Friday, that's it's correct. It's actually not so then, a bad time. Then we come back home mm-hmm. and uh, we play Utah. Mm-hmm. We just beat. I think we could probably do pretty well against them. Then we go to Oregon State. Um, Again, not really that worried about that game. Um, then week seven, we have a bye. Leach recently said, I'd like to have a bye about two-thirds way through the season. This isn't so bad. About halfway. Halfway is fine. Um, Oregon at home after a bye, which is great because I think Oregon could be pretty good next year with Herbert um, mm-hmm. and another year with that coaching staff. I'd like to play them You don't think it's going to be Burmeister next year, huh? Uh, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be Burmeister. I don't know. They don't like them anymore, do they? can't like go two for six with two picks and think you're going to start next yeah that's pretty brutal stanford at palo alto i think that's a mixed bag i mean stanford's a very well coached team and you know this year was was a tough game but we have stanford's number there's something about that matchup that plays really well into our favor surprisingly yeah then we have cal at home which would be nice good because i think they're going to be decent um, next year colorado in boulder in november that's tough a game cold, tough cold game game tough game it's also a pretty well coached team i think arizona at home november 17th a cold game maybe that will play to our strengths we seem to kind of get a little weird when we go to arizona with the heat maybe it'll have a little reverse effects you can only well, hope we blew them game. out when they came up here so i'm probably if i'm into sports betting next year i would probably put my money on cleo tate to win the heisman next year that's probably Oof. that's a little hot take for you and yeah. then we follow up with the apple cup at home so it's a good mix of on the road, at home a couple games, on the road, at home, on the road, at home. It's It's got balance for your travel plans. You I seen, think, you seen 12-0? This year had five games at home, um, and where it's just week after week, you know, expected to go to the game. This kind of gives you some nice breaks. So I, 12, I do like you that. You see 12-0? It's still in play. I'll say that much. <laughs> still in play. I think 12-0 sounds pretty good to me. I am excited. Here's, here's my speaking. here's my question. I know we could we will probably have more po- uh, podcasts to talk about this day, but I was just thinking about this. You know, it's crazy. You know, talking about the y- Utah game, Hercules, incredible, one of the most all world efforts of all time in a Pac twelve game. Yeah, we need to talk more about that. Uh, yeah. Which was absolutely amazing. Is Hercules Mataafa coming back next year? He is a junior, Dave. He is a junior. <laughs> And, I and is I mean, he is his size going to deter him from getting drafted? Oh man, that is such a. I didn't feel like even uh, two weeks ago that he would leave. After this game, it seems to be a little bit of a recency bias. People are maybe I wouldn't say it's a knee jerk because he's been. I mean, he's been really good since his freshman year as a freshman All American, right? Um, 
So my I thought of this, and my next thought was, well, what does he play in the NFL? Right. And my only thought is that he would be a 4-3 defensive end. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you have a position for him in the next level? Potentially even an outside linebacker. They've played him a lot, actually, in in uh, Grinch's defense. They've played him a lot in sort of that spy. They played him in that spy um, sure. uh, linebacker spot. They did that a little bit against Darnold. Uh, they did a little bit against Tate as well. Um, so they, he, he is athletic. He's able to move. So they could stand him up and play him um, more in that outside defensive end slash outside linebacker position in the NFL. It's po- Yeah, that's possible. He, like, he's I, love, smaller, like, I love his first step. I love his pad level. Obviously, he's not the heaviest guy. I mean, do you see him as that. the next Michael Bennett? Like, he's not that big, though. He's not as big as Michael Bennett is. I don't think he's as tall or as heavy. Yeah, I mean, Michael Bennett's, what, like six. 3, 275, 6, 2, 275 or something, 280 maybe. Um, Hercules will probably beef up. Michael Bennett's, uh, he's 6'4". Michael Bennett is? Yeah, he's 6'4". He's tall. He's, tall. he's a tall guy. He is tall. Um, gosh, Kurt, I really, I don't, I don't know. I, I want to, I want to give definitive answers for everything, right? That's, that's right. helpful. Um, I just feel so torn about that. I could, I could see it going either way. I really could. Um, I think he'll obviously talk to, you know, NFL draft scouts of, of maybe some predictions of where he could go. And, you know, he's Luke Falk's leaving. Maybe he feels like it's a good time to transition out. But things and, – and you know what maybe is the real X factor here, Kurt, that we haven't brought up yet is if Alex Grinch leaves. Yeah, that's a huge part. If Grinch leaves, it seems a little bit more likely. Yeah. And, and what's annoying me too a little bit with this, which I don't want to switch topics too much. We've got to wrap this up here pretty quick. but. Yep. You know, Grinch is being talked about as like a top three, um, you know, coaching candidate for the next year. Um, and it's like, you know, obviously there's clear bias here, Kurt. It's like, why aren't people talking about the UW defense according to the same way? Because he's had a great defense right. ever since Peterson's been there. Right. And nobody seems to want to hire him to be a head coach for some reason. <laughs> but they'll take ours after he has two good years and one, you know, really good year work. Yeah, they should just take UW's. They should take you down. They should take that guy, Pete yeah. Kwiatkowski or whatever his yeah. name is. The guy from Monsters. Hey, Inc. real quick, Dave. Um, so Michael Bennett, six four two seventy. Mata Afa, six two two fifty. So he's only two inches shorter and about twenty five pounds lighter. He can put on a couple more pounds. I mean, he's not that far off. He's kind of a tweener. I mean, no. he's such a physical and vicious guy, and he uses his pad level so well. Such good technique that he could pull it off the next level will be pretty good but it obviously wouldn't hurt for him to spend another year um and pullman yeah. i don't know maybe he's loving it maybe he loves yeah, maybe. being a boss i mean he that's the best defensive perform single defensive performance i've ever seen from from a cougar football player i mean the the my favorite part of that game was <laughs> he got the fumble uh, matafa crushing the quarterback Forcing the fumble and then just give me that. Just taking the ball with one hand, and standing up like this is mine. And yeah. just this kind of smug look on his face, like that's right. I just did that to your offense. That's I just so crushed great. their O line. I crushed their quarterback. And I took the ball because it's mine. That was the best moment in the game. Um, so man, I really hope he's back next year because he. I mean, who knew that this Cougar D line would be so good this year? Mm-hmm. I was down on them in preseason and um, in preseason. Well, before the season starts, what I should just say. Um, but, man, our D-line has been awesome. And you know what? We're not going to talk predictions, but I think uh, this Apple Cup could be a low-scoring game because of it. 
I think so. I don't agree with that at all. Well, we'll yeah, we'll get into that. You know who? <laughs> yeah. We'll, what? You don't agree with that at all after you saying I think so? Well, no, I said I agree with that. Oh, okay, okay. No, I said no. Sorry, I I agree with that. Um, but I was reading this. Sorry, I was reading this. Uh, you know who, who Montafa reminds me of? I think Montafa is actually better, but uh, Scooby Wright. You know, Scooby Wright took over the Pac-12 when he was at yeah. Arizona and dominated on defense. And you know what's so crazy? I was just reading this, Dave. Um, Scooby Wright had 29 tackle for losses in 2014. That's in 14 sacks. I mean, Where is he now? Should he's at the Arizona like... Cardinals. He's at the Arizona Cardinals, and he was also, as is what was just announced this week, Hercules Matafa is being um, considered for the Walter Camp Award. Um, uh, Scooby Wright was also a finalist for the Walter Camp Award. Very so um, I think you know, Scooby Wright is, all, is a name that kind of reminds me of um, Hercules, kind of like a defensive player that just wrecks teams. Scooby Wright did that when he was at Arizona. Like, Scooby yeah, Wright was also the, I believe, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Is Mataafa going to be the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year? He will. 100% he will. 100%. No questions asked. I mean, I think, even, I think he sealed it up. Second? He sealed it up this last weekend. Is there anybody even close? Uh, no. I wouldn't. I mean, there's, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I can't. I feel a little ignorant in this sense where I can't think of another defensive name that sticks out to me. There isn't. There was Porter Gustin on USC that I think got hurt. He's a linebacker. I mean, UCLA, is there anybody? I mean, UW, I mean, they've had some very talented defensive players. Vitavia, I know, is is very skilled. They've got some really good linebackers. Yeah, so I'm looking at this right now, Dave. So so, uh, with Hercules having a few more games left, he's probably going to get more tackle for losses. Right now he's at 21 and a half. Scooby Wright was at 29. I mean, that's a lot of tackle for losses in his in his year before he got hurt. Because I know Scooby Wright got hurt his last year. Is that counting? Do you think that's counting his bowl game? Um, yeah, that's definitely counting his bowl game. So, um, so I think Hercules could break that with uh, currently sitting at um, tackles for loss 21.5. So he needs to get uh, he needs to get about 27 and a half more. Um, and then he also has nine and a half sacks right now. Scooby Wright that season ended up with fourteen. Jeez. So he was a man. He was a manimal. Yeah, Scooby Wright was absolutely dominant in the so, Pac twelve. So Kurt, I wanna I wanna end this on a good note. Yeah. I wanna inspire you to dream a little bit. Yeah. All right. Think of the good things. I just thought of this as we're thinking of single season um, accomplishments. Um, I just thought of records and games overall. Let's say Luke Falk rips it up in the Apple Cup, that he just goes out there slinging, throws more touchdowns. He already has, I think, pretty much every major passing record with one game to go, plus a bowl game. But, Kurt, if we win the Apple Cup, which I know it's hard to let our hearts go there. It's been quite a long time, not since I was in school. That's too long. If we win that game, we get an extra game. That's the Pac-12 championship game. That's more time to put some pretty bonkers stats up for both Matafa yep. and Falk, yep. and then you've got a bowl game. Yep. Does the bye week help or hurt us for the Apple Cup? Uh, I don't think it's good, but obviously you wish the bye week was earlier uh, to get some guys a little bit healthier, but uh, I just always felt like Leach's teams coming out of the bye were a little rusty, just like right. the first game of the season. Just a little slight, just a little little sloppy, a little rusty. I hope we break the trend. 
But I, that's kind of where I go. That's kind of where I lean. A little yeah. rusty than uh, ready. Right. So I think it helps. I think I think we'll hopefully have some more time to figure out what kind of has been going wrong offensively. And for Luke, hopefully get it get it figured out and and to hopefully. Gosh, is this the moment where Luke just freaking like busts out his chest and just rips his shirt off and just becomes superhero Luke this week this next weekend? He he's never beaten the Huskies. I just I think I just I feel like we're gonna get an all world performance out of him. It'd be such a good story. I don't want to give I don't want to give way too much out this this weekend this week, but next week we're gonna dive into it. So, all right, let's Close. wrap this back away up. It's been a fun one, Kurt. Yeah, it has. I felt a lot more maybe, uh, you know, passionate about some of the topics we covered. It's okay, today. we're good. Yeah. We're all about that on the Never Pun Podcast. So, yep. can't all complain. All right, Dave. Well, thanks so much. Curtis Clip here with you. And uh, uh, that was a, an awesome show. We look forward to seeing you or uh, here, seeing you guys download our show. Um, this coming weekend and then um, we look forward to getting back together next week before the holidays getting some turkey and our bellies um, and seeing some great football so once again have a wonderful rest of your weekend everyone we'll see you next week on the never pun podcast don't forget to subscribe have a wonderful night